warning. The Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. If you think you may be too weak to withstand the manliness represented in the following program, please do yourself a favor and stop listening now. If you choose to continue in spite of this warning, if at any time you feel yourself overcome by the manliness, stop immediately and consult your closest medical professional. And now, for the not-so-fair, faint, or frilly, we present The Catholic Man Show. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam in hand here, sitting with David Niles in studio. Guys, I understand we've been getting emails and uh, messages asking us about our YouTube channel, like asking us when, when we're streaming again. I, I understand. I, I apologize. We're, hopefully, next week we can get that going again. Let's. Can I? Let me just be honest. Okay. I'm kind of the the tech like problem solver. Yes. Between the two of us. Yeah. And I have been moving. Right. Uh my schedule has just been hectic. It is it's it's an insane person right now is right. my schedule. And well not to mention we like just in general we were on we were gone in Ireland. While I, we were in Ireland, I was reviewing the inspection of the house I'm buying. Right. And trying to like and like making international phone calls from our hotel right. to get that to the view. inspector who happens to be a client of mine, and mm-hmm. you know trying to figure out without actually being there what was important to have you know. So anyway, then we get home. We immediately had the camp out. No, we, before that we had uh, the rosary rally. The rosary run. That's right. So yeah. anyway, we had the rosary run. It has the- just been bananas, dude. Yeah, it it's been, been ban- this stuff. Is bananas. <laughs> yeah, it's been absolutely crazy. We have uh, like so. I'm sorry. Like I just. I'm sorry. Like we'll get to it. We will. We will definitely uh, get to it. We we've been. We've just been. Like I said, we've been overwhelmed a little bit with our schedules. I we have not been able to keep up with emails and things like that. So if you emailed us, if you messaged us, and we've not re- responded, I apologize. We will try yeah. our best to get to it. If you sent me an email, then that's on you. That's, <laughs> you should have known better. Yeah, you, okay? you haven't been listening to the show long Don't enough. Don't do that. Right? Uh, so I apologize. Also, if you uh, have supported the Catholic Mantra, if you go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Mantra, 100% of your donation goes into the show. Uh, there have been several patrons who have said, hey, we're not you know, supporting your show just to get the swag, but where's my swag? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I I empathize with that. Yes, uh, Jim wanted me to make sure to tell everybody what he does is he he sends it out once a month, typically the beginning of the month. So if you do it this month in October, he will probably do it in November for you. Yeah, so if you sign up for the first of the month, you know it'll, it'll, it'll be, roll. be the first of the next month. We're not Amazon. It, it cannot be a two day shipping. No, or or next day shipping. So I don't even know how they do that. It's like it's miracle. incredible. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just letting you know, uh, we have, we appreciate your support. We will get to it for sure. If we don't, you you message us again. But go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. You can get a cool Catholic Man Show Glencairn glass, beer glasses. We're going to uh, add 
our book as one of the gifts or as one of the rewards, I guess. What would he say? Tears, yeah. Tears. Like one of the thank yous yeah. for the tears. So, so we're going to be doing that. Uh, so anyway. We have also a lot of cool swag. We have sweatshirts. It's getting, you know, cold weather season's coming up. We got beanies. We have hats. Dude, I have it. Did you see the... We have cool stuff. Did you see the new one that we're, we're going to be launching? No. I... I uh, I was not. We were not planning on doing this. I'm, However, I'm, our buddy Eric Grayless uh, sent us an email and was like, "Hey, you guys should really do this." Here it is. This is the first time you. I think you've seen it. Oh, but, you did send me this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's no. There's no paradise for cowards. And this is from uh, uh, Don Juan. Don Juan of Austria. Of Austria. Yeah. Uh, from Lep- Battle of Lepanto. I love that poem. Have it's, I ever told you? Like so, the uh, our feast of the lady, our Lady of Victory, uh, feast of the Holy Rosary, the seventh of October. Was at the camp out, and so we had a dramatic reading uh, by Father Healy. He read the poem by G.K. Chesterton. By G.K. Yeah, um, the Battle of Lepanto, which is an incredible poem. It's rather long, but I um, read it to my kids on the feast when I'm home. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I did it, my oldest was five, and she just sat there, eyes wide, staring at me. She has no idea what's going on in this poem, right? But there's just the beauty of poetry. Mm-hmm. And that poem, I think, is a perfect example of it. Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. the sound of the words, the melodic, you know, like tonation of it all. Just is captivating, right? Um, no there's doubt. just something about poetry that resonates at your deepest level. And so, her as five, I just I vividly remember her just staring at me the whole time. Like I was kind mm. of wondering, are you breathing? You know, like maybe I should stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, we also oh, another thing to do for Patreon. Uh, we started our our book club this week. Uh, started our new book club. Nice uh, vocation to virtue. It's a it's a beautiful book on uh, marriage mm. and he, he powerful vocation. Yes, and he relates it to. It's very interesting how he relates it to uh, marriage in relationship to the monastic life and the similar the similarities uh, on it. Anyway, really uh, excited about starting it this week. That is um, nice, and so that's available for our patrons. Hey. Before we get, or let's get into the whiskey, and then I want to tell you a story. Okay. Uh, the whiskey that we are having this evening is High West whiskey. We've had High West before, but this is a special. It's a bourbon. It's a bourbon. It's a limited release. This is actually a release hand selected by Aspen Liquor here in in Tulsa. Uh, so again, we've had, we've done this once or twice before, where Aspen Liquor ha- buy, basically buys a barrel. They the bottles that come from that barrel, they get all of them. So it's basically kind mm-hmm. of a unique. Um, it's kind of oh, a fun thing to do. You, I mean, pr- basically, no matter where you are, there's probably a liquor store or several in your area that do things like this. Right. It's just kind of like f- a little bit more fun because it makes it more local. Mm-hmm. You know, it as if like there really isn't very many local whiskeys, you know, that you can only get if you're in this town. Because right. if you're making whiskey, it's we're selling it big to everybody. Sure. Uh, but so this, it's cool. this is kind of something that makes like, hey, you have to be here in this spot. To, to get, get this whiskey, so I, I like it. Even though it's, you might say it's a little bit gimmicky. I think I think it's cool. Yeah, I do too. Uh, so it's their bourbon, but it's finished for uh, a year and one month in brandy barrels. Okay. So, but is it bonded still? So it's at least five years old. Uh, straight. Um, that is a good question. I will. Is, I will it, look straight, that up. is it straight bourbon? Uh, it is a okay. straight bourbon. So yes. it's a straight bourbon. All um, right. I'll look. I'll look that up on the other side. So we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So, um, oh. I also really like the glass. It's like, I don't know what you call yeah, that. It's like flecked. Or yeah, it has like know. little bubbles in the glass. It just kind of gives it an interesting 
it, it looks like it has texture. Mm-hmm. So we have what's called a uh, polite light outside. Do you know anything about a polite light? A polite light? Mm-hmm. I don't. Well, the reason why you don't is because I made it up. Okay. Um, I'm glad I didn't pretend to know. Like, <laughs> oh, I know all about this. Yeah, of course. So we have a, in our backyard, we have this kind of, uh, like, not pergola, but kind of like a gazebo kind of thing. And yeah. we have lights out there. We have uh, electricity running to those lights. and But we didn't have a way of plugging it in and, like, having a light switch there. I didn't put a light switch in, which I didn't think about. So I, I bought one of those Amazon uh, Bluetooth connectors to where you can plug it in and then you plug in your outlet and so you can turn it on and off by your phone Mm, mm -hmm. and we've been trying to really work with our youngest being polite okay because they they, their um their manners are are they're working on their manners yeah they're at that age they're at that age and so manners are the you know sign of a gentleman uh or or lady right uh, mm-hmm. So I was telling, That's true. I was telling Anna, I was like, "Well, to go, you know, to turn these on, you have to walk outside, and you have to pretty please turn turn these." Or I said, "Like you have to say pretty please," and when you say pretty please, they'll turn on. Well, I'm sitting here with my phone with the button. As yeah. soon as she says pretty please, I I turn it on, right? And then I say, "You have to clap three times to turn it off." So they're sitting there doing this all night long, right? You know, because they think that they're in control here. And I thought, like, okay, this is good. This is like I'm teaching them, you know, like. Reminding them, like, to you know, use their manners to say please. What I did not think about is that they would do it when you're not there. No, I I knew that would happen oh. at some point. Is that they're in the backyard just yelling, "Pretty please," you know, and my neighbors are probably looking <laughs> over there, like, "What are these kids doing?" They're just looking up at the sky, yelling, "Pretty please." I don't please. know about the neighbors. <laughs> they make their kids just beg. <laughs> So much begging. So they're just like, that was my that was my Jim Gaffigan voice. That's just pretty good. <laughs> but they're over there like pretty please, <laughs> just yelling, <laughs> trying to turn these lights on and off. I think we should call the cops. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that kind of backfired a little bit. But to this day, my kids. So, well, I think Elizabeth knows. Some of my kids still think if you say "open sesame," the van doors automatically open, mm. but only when I do it. <laughs> Because the key fob, you know, has mm-hmm. the thing, and yeah. So I've waited my whole life for these dad uh, moments. Dad moments. <laughs> I know my dad used to tell me that you, <laughs> yes. have, you have to say "pretty please" to, uh, for the light to change, and but you had to really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you didn't mean it. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I did mean it, Dad. Mean it harder. Yeah. <laughs> okay, say it now. Yeah. <laughs> see. Yeah. See, you didn't really mean it that time. <laughs> You know, so, uh, yeah. These, oh, these that is hilarious. Moments, these dad moments are great. Yes. I, when my, when I, I remember being a kid, my dad had a stinker meter, <laughs> what he called a stinker meter. It was really just his Sony Walkman. But we had, when I was like four or five and my sister was three or, you know, like, we had no idea what that was. Right. And so he'd like, hear somebody fart. Who farted? Nobody would fess up. He's like, do I need to get the stinker meter? <laughs> So he'd go get it and put the headphones on. <laughs> and the thing was like, we found out later my sister confessed every time because she was just terrified. Like, even though she didn't do it, she still was so afraid of the. I did it! It was me! <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, We're going to talk about temptation this t- uh, tonight. 
<laughs> Talk about temptation <laughs> as, as, as the topic. We'll be right back. For over 35 years, Select International Tours has been planning pilgrimages all across the world, and they've been doing that for a reason. Yeah, if you guys have listened to our show, then you know that we just got back from Ireland. Uh, we used Select International Tours to book our pilgrimage to Ireland. Everything went just great. It went exactly how we planned it. Right. right? In fact, one of the pilgrims uh, said that it was his the best pilgrimage he's ever been on. Right. I mean, so the thing is, they know what they're doing. If, if you want to go on a nice pilgrimage uh, that's really you know oriented around experiencing the Catholic faith, um, in some of the most historic, most important sites all over the world for the history of our faith, go to selectinternationaltours.com. They have pilgrimages going everywhere in the world all the time just because you know they, they do it so well, everybody wants to use them. That's right. And if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow, you'll be one of the first ones to know when we're planning our next pilgrimage, which spring or summer 2024. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We want to thank Select International Tours for being a sponsor of our show, The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan. We are sans everybody else here in the studio tonight. We didn't say a thing about the whiskey in the first segment. Sorry. Um, I had to get polite light story out. You know, uh, it's good whiskey. There's not a lot to it, really. I don't... Like, it's really, really smooth, but it doesn't... To me, it's not very complex, you know, like... But High West typically isn't. Okay. So, like, what's what was the uh, price point on this one? $100. It was? Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> I like the bottle presentation. I like, like, the labeling, you know, mm-hmm. outward appearance, which does matter to me. Like, right. It's almost 50%. I think that there's something there. ABV. Well, okay. So, for being 50%, it is very smooth. Mm-hmm. Give them that. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. just not a whole lot of there there you know what i mean yeah so yeah, i don't think it's worth $100. i just cannot recommend it uh it's there's nothing bad about it there's just not a whole lot to it i mean so yeah the other stuff that you win some, you lose some yeah that's exactly right you win some you lose some when you play the whiskey game there's there are times where you you I feel like they should have known not to charge $100 for this, but, you know, that's okay. They it's got also us. The nov- it's also the novelty. Right. So, anyway. So, we're talking about we're going to talk about uh, temptation tonight, t- temptation of sin. Uh, before we do, I'm pulling a lot of the the content tonight from uh, three different sources. Uh, and a- just for the record, on the show, when we say pulling from, we mean plagiarizing. Isn't that what everybody means? I think so. In theology and philosophy? I mean, yeah. Uh, so, it, I'm pulling from Augustine, I'm pulling from uh, DeSales, and then I'm pulling from Adolf Tanqueray. Good old Adolf. Uh, who is uh, very You feel bad for anybody named Adolf in history. It just... Because, like, that is just something that gets applied backwards. Oh, you've got the forward, name. And forward. But, I mean, how many Adolfs are there? I'm sure well, there's some... He, He's post. No, no, he's he's pro. He's, he's, he's pre. pre. He's, he's pre. pre. Yeah, 
pre-Adolf. Pre the other Adolf. Hitler, yeah. And I get it. There, I'm sure that there are a good handful of other Adolfs, you know, like in more modern times. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, just a tough name. Right I now. wouldn't do that. Just you a know, tough name. I, but you just got to feel bad for anyway. Tough name. It's a tough name, right? Um, but so you might as well like name your kid Satan. <laughs> so Adolf Tancred is it was a is a was a priest. He was of Irish descent. Uh, he was an arch or I'm sorry, not an archbishop. He was, uh, I believe, a chancellor of. Uh, the diocese, archdiocese of Baltimore. He taught seminary for for quite a while. Okay. Uh, has imprimatur on um, almost all of his stuff. He his works. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have said that this is a wonderful manual of the aesthetic practices and, and mystical theology. It's a pretty um, thick book. I mean, Eight hundred pages. Yeah, that's a. So I got it from our good friend. It's a uh, very beautiful. It's beautifully bound. It's a nice book. Yes. Yeah, so I got this from uh, our, our our good friend J, Deacon J Thomas. He mm. runs a. Uh, I want you guys to to to, to remember this is CatholicSacramentals.org. Everything runs, on that site is, is of the highest quality, right? And he uh, only has the. I mean, it's, some of it's more expensive, but it's like if you get it, you'll be like, "That's heir, nice heirloom quality kind yeah. of stuff." Uh, if you use uh, uh, Dio Gratias as a um, discount code, it's fifteen percent off from now until the end of the year. All right. So uh, again, CatholicSacramentals.org. It is a beautiful, uh, beautiful site that has uh, high quality Catholic stuff. So anyway, I, I also it. highly recommend their crucifixes. Like yes. they have, I have a like a, a large. It's probably I don't know, fifteen inches, sixteen inches tall. Mm-hmm. And that's like the crucifix on my little prayer oratory at home mm-hmm. that I pray before every day. It's gorgeous. Like if you're going to be up close to a crucifix when you're praying, you really want it to be have like really good detail. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, everything over there. Man, it's nice. Yes. So I highly recommend it. Dio Gratias, 15% off discount code. We don't get any kickback or anything like that. I just want to promote his stuff because he yeah. does a great job. Uh, and he, he's a wonderful Catholic family here in yeah. the Diocese of Tulsa. Uh, so anyway, these are the three sources that I'm pulling from. Nice. Uh, as we're talking about temptation tonight, uh, he, he, you know, the definitions is a good way to start when we're talking about temptation. I really liked his definition that he uses here in it's called oh i'm sorry i didn't even say what the the title of the book was i'm sorry it's called the spiritual life a treatise on aesthetical and mystical theology okay um his definition of temptation is temptation is a solicitation to evil on the part of our spiritual foes meaning the world the flesh and the devil and he goes and he teases that out a little Mm -hmm. bit more uh we won't have time to do that today but it's a it's a solicitation to Mm -hmm. evil right um, from the world, the flesh, or the devil, and or the devil, probably. Yeah, the devil's a big part of it, the, but not the only part of it. I think that a lot right. of people tend to think, oh, the devil is the source of all temptation, but that's not what Scripture says. Mm-mm. The world is another source of temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, even within our own selves, our appetites, I, th- I think it's fair to say the flesh also could be translated to our own appetites, because mm-hmm. um, it's not just simply like hunger yeah, our you know, will, comfort, right? So, like when we sin, if yeah, we're, if our we're, will, our will, like you know, because like intellectually, we we know what is good, right? So, if you know what is good and what is bad, and you still choose like a a lesser good or a, a bad, which is you know sin, it's because your lower appetites are trumping your you know your higher level appetites. So your will may not be strong enough 
to know or, or to accomplish what your intellect knows. Mm-hmm. Right. So your intellect knows this is a good, you know, this is a good, this is a bad, but your will, because it is not uh, in conformity with your intellect, um, ultimately like with uh, the heavenly father's and, you know, will, uh, you can choose to, to, to do to do bad. And I'm not sure how important it is like to distinguish, oh, am I being tempted by the world, the flesh, or the devil right now? Uh, like, I don't think it really matters necessarily because there's well, probably a, about that. there's probably a lot of overlap, okay? So sure. if you have like an appetite that is, you know, kind of tempting you, so to speak, it's, it's in, uh, creating a passion upon you to mm-hmm. do something um, not in line with, uh, you know, moderation, mm-hmm. let's just say. The devil is going to use that, right? So let's talk to about his that. advantage. Let, let, you know what I mean? So they, there's a they blend together. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's hold let's put a pause on that because we'll, we'll we'll touch base with that here in just a second. Okay. But one of the things that I think that a very big misconception when we're talking about temptation is the thought of that God tempts us. Mm-hmm. You know, like why is God tempting me to like through this right. today? And it's like no, God does not do that. You know, God does not tempt us directly. Mm-hmm. He sometimes he allows a temptation to happen. Uh, from from one of our spiritual enemies, but at the same time provides enough grace to overcome that and brings about you know this a, a good from from a temptation which is not a, a not good right right so in order so that we can grow in order that we uh, deny ourselves yeah that that we uh, we become less and he becomes more mm-hmm. because if you, if you never have any victories over those things if you haven't struggled if you haven't if you don't have triumph, then you're not actually going to like progress in that way, right? You're not going to build those spiritual muscles, mm-hmm. uh, which you need in order to like face more difficult and more important trials in life. Right. That's exactly right. You know, because ultimately God could have given us, uh, you know, the gift of salvation and as an instant like moment, like boom, you are now saved. Uh, no matter what you do, like you are now, you know, going to be in heaven, regardless of what you're doing. He could right? have could have taken away our free will. Could have taken away, a free, but he 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 desired us to to cooperate with his graces, mm-hmm. right? So that we begin we have a, ultimately it comes back to like a, a true relationship with our Lord, right? It, you, like being a robot, there's not that's not a true relationship, right? I mean, it's it's and that's something that's obvious to everybody. I mean. You might love your dog, and you might feel like your dog loves you, but your dog does not love you the way your spouse loves you, or the way your mother loves you, mm-hmm. right? Or the way your children do, because a dog is not capable of real love. The, and the, the reason that a human being is, is because he has the ability, because of his free will, to choose to love you, mm-hmm. where a dog does not. Mm-hmm. An animal doesn't, right? And so that's why God wanted to give that same thing to us apart from the animals because it's a higher good. He loved us so much. He wanted right. to give us this higher good in order to have the ability to choose him. And that includes, in order to choose him, you also have to have that ability to reject him. So I think a lot of people see the fact that God put the the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden. Oh, God is like tempting humanity with this sin, right? Mm. He's putting it right there in the middle, almost like taunting them with it. But that's not what he's doing because right next to it was the tree of life that 
Adam and Eve could have eaten all they wanted to from the tree of life. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, God probably wanted them to eat freely from that tree. But so it's not God tempting him. And I think a lot of people also in the, in the Our Father, especially in English, lead us not into temptation. Mm-hmm. Almost as if like we're asking him, please, God, don't lead us into temptation, as if that's something that he would do. Right, but that's not really what we're saying. It's like it's more the deliver us from temptation, right? Like preserve us, shield us from temptation. Mm-hmm. That's really what we're asking, not begging him to like stop leading us into temptation. He's not ever actively leading us into into temptation. He's uh, sometimes he allows it. Right. It's the same thing with our Lord in in the Garden of Gethsemane with uh, the apostles, right? Where he says he, he's telling them to watch and pray. That you may not, mm-hmm. you know, that you may not be tempted. Right. Right. It's not like he, he's telling you to watch, be vigilant, mm-hmm. be aware that you are little and, and are, you know, God is, is big and to be praying. Right. For when that, that moment comes that you have the strength to rely on him. Word. So uh, when we get back, I want to talk about like the fre- the frequency of temptation. Like what happens? Like why is this like constantly seem to be mm. coming up and why that happened? What, why that is? Awesome. We'll be right back. Think of the men in your life, your brother, your father-in-law, your neighbor, your coworker, the guy who sits in front of you in, in mass every single Sunday. How are you going to help these guys find freedom as sons of God and help them start living the Christian life? I mean, that's what we're called to do in baptism, right? And one concrete way we can do that to make disciples of men is invite them to Exodus 90 that begins January 9th, 2023. Exodus 90 leads men on a 90-day journey through the book of Exodus taking them back to the fundamentals of the faith. This is prayer, self-denial, and brotherhood. Dave, the crazy thing is 99% of the people who do Exodus 90 report greater freedom from worldly attachments when they finish. And what's more, doing Exodus 90 in a fraternity versus going it alone can actually make or break a man's 90 days. Right. So again, ask yourself, who are the men in your life that could benefit from doing Exodus 90 this year? Think of their faces in your mind. Right now. Now, outside of your mind, write them down. Make an actual list. The worst thing they can do is say no to you. That's right. And then take action. Take the list of prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit about it and ask the Holy Spirit how you can help them. The Exodus 90 team has created a free resource. This guide will help you in your journey to freedom and help you share the journey with other men. Check out exodus90.com slash catholicmanshow to get your free guide. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. We're sipping on a little bit of High West whiskey. It's a unique, bo- uh, unique bottle, limited edition, limited release. It's good, not great, not not worth a hundred dollars, but that's okay. Uh, we're talking about temptation. We're, uh, pulling a lot from Saint uh, Saint Francis de Sales, who I just continually go back to over and over again. Love reading his work. Uh, also pulling from Augustine, and then pulling from uh, Adolf. Uh, Tanqueray, who's his manual, basically in the spiritual life, he, he, he goes through a whole lot of, uh, I mean, 800 pages worth this of the spiritual life. Highly recommended. It's not one that you'd read cover to cover, but it's one that you would be able to reference uh, as you're maybe teaching your children, or maybe you have a question about the purgative life, or you know, I don't know, all these different moral aspects of the of of uh, your life. So is it written as a manual, like? 
you know, covered this section. All right, done with this section. Now let's talk, like, move on to something else. Yeah, it's, it does, it's not like a narrative. No, it, it, well, no, it's not. It's it's more of a it, manual. Okay, it's more of a summa type. Nice. Of, I mean, that's that's nice, right? Um, so because when you see yeah. a book like that, it is intimidating, right? But if if you know that, no, 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 this is sections. You know, like little bits at a time. That that's nice to have. Yeah, and he actually wrote it for seminarians and priests mainly, hmm. uh, and then said also for. Uh, the lay, he said, in hopes uh, that the lady would pick it up as well um, for the apostolic missions that they have. Right on. So, uh, again, this is back in uh, the 1920s or or, or so, roughly, um, when this was published. So, uh, but uh, before the break, I was saying, like, let's talk about frequency of, of temptation. But I got a little ahead of myself. I want before we do that, I want to talk about he he brings up this idea that temptation is an instrument in spiritual progress. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So as as we continue to grow in our spiritual life, you know, a lot of holy saints, you know, as they uh, um, make their way through the spiritual life, the the closer they become uh, cl- come to God, the more they see all of their own sins, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, Saint uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, right? As she's walking by, you're like, oh my goodness, how amazing she is! Like, right. you know, look how holy she is, and in her mind, she's sitting there thinking about, look how small how, I am. How destitute how, she is. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is because as you continually grow in your spiritual progress, uh, you make spiritual progress, the Lord like uh, gives you more grace to illuminate your, your mind to see yourself as he truly sees you. Mm-hmm. Right. And the need that you have, the complete need you have for his grace. Right. Uh, so it talks about, I, li- I like how he, he, he uses this um, analogy. He says, that temptation is like the the stripe of the lash that awakens us at the moment we would lull ourselves to sleep and relax. Mm. The stripe of the lash. Yeah. Woo! You know, so it's like it already happened, like, and there it is on your back or you. Ouch! Know, yeah, but it's like right that moment. What was that? Right. I mean, so uh, Francis de Sales also talks about this all the time, right? You know. Uh, when you're idle, like that, this is the work of the devil. Like being an idle, I- idle, idle hands, hands do the devil's work. Right. Um, he talks about this all the time about how when that happens, like you are kind of in the playground of the devil, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and temptation uh, as an instrument of spiritual progress. He says the the stripe of the lash that awakens us at the moment we would lull ourselves to sleep or relax. So that moment that you mm-hmm. think like, oh, I'm fine. I'm doing just things are going well. These are, things are going. I have or or let me ask you. Or let me throw this one. Like, oh, I don't even worry about that sin anymore. Right. I exactly. Don't even, that's not even something I struggle with. I conquered that one. Right. I conquered. Like, mm-hmm. there's the pride, yeah. right? I conquered it. You know, so uh, the temptation is this stripe of the lash that real, like when we kind of become lax, when mm-hmm. we become, you know. Ap- I've had ap- that. Apathetic. I've had those moments where. Oh, me like, too. Something that, yeah, exactly that situation, a sin that I haven't struggled with in a long time. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, I'm being like having a temptation for that sin. And it's like, whoa, like, what is this? Why am I, why am I feeling this way? Why am I being tempted to do this? And, you know, by God's grace, in those moments, I've been able to say like, I'm not going to do that as attractive as it seems to me right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's when you just, you've learned to turn to Jesus and say like, Lord, I just want you. Right. Like, I just want you. Only you. And I'm choosing you right now, and I'm not even going to think about this other thing, right? I'm not even, right. like, I'm just rejecting it outright, and I'm just just thinking about you. Right. 
Yeah, and we'll actually talk about at the end of the episode. We're going to talk about resisting serious yeah. temptation. It's like a so mental we'll, gaze, you know, like turn mm-hmm. turn that mental gaze towards him. So I really liked that uh, um, pick. Well, it resonates thing. with me. Yeah. I I that has totally happened to me. Yeah, and he also talks about how temptation is the school of humility, mm. a distrust in self. Yeah, right. It's the need for the grace and the awareness of our powerlessness, and the need to uh to the weak uh. The need to weaken the power of our concupiscence. Mm. You know, like how many times there have been times where I have I have either told my my children or um, you know maybe given a talk or you know something where I'm sitting here saying like this is what you're supposed to do. You know, and then did you do it in that voice? No, that okay. was like my. Okay. That's good. Yeah, yeah. that was no, not the right the, voice. This is what you're supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> And then listen to my children. <laughs> and then three minutes later, afterwards, doing the exact opposite. Right. But I'm an adult, so right. Uh, it's the same thing with you know how John Lennon he sat there and talked about how you know give peace in the world, like, like the Beatles guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah he you know he's always talking about like uh, peace and harmony and mm-hmm. like love and like we should all love each other and like let's all grow together and like he had all these like yeah. big hippie type of sayings, but. Internally in his house, his house was a complete, his domestic church was a, a wreck, right? There was no peace. There was no love. There was no, anything that he was saying out, outwardly, there's nothing that was actually internally. He wasn't doing any of it. He wasn't doing any of it. Right. Um, so, uh, temptation is the school of humility of this distrust and self-knowing that I could say all these, like, great one-liners or, you know, great quotes or, you know, great thoughts, but if I'm sitting there trusting in myself, thinking like this is this is I, I've made it, you're fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. It's also like uh, he, he, the last one he he, he talks about. Uh, I really like is the school of love, which is almost contrary to your thought process, right? Temptation is a school of love. It does not seem that way when you're being tempted, right? You know what I mean? It, I mean in the in the moment of temptation, there's just this one thing that's. So uh, temptation is so attractive. Right, that's why it's tempting. You know, like exactly. The sin is just so attractive. The devil is so good at when he uh tempts us to make us think about only the this perverse good <clears throat> that he's presenting and forgetting about completely the aftermath effects of your actions. Mm-hmm. And then after you commit it, he's so good at making you feel like I can't believe you did this there's no way you're going to be right. able to have any kind of forgiveness whatsoever mm-hmm. and you completely forget about that good part that you were thinking about before you committed it right he, he's he's the bait and switch guy to the T you know and one thing that I that's happened to me several times like throughout my journey my continued journey is that I found myself in moments where like I kind of like gasp for air like come up like wait, what am I doing? Like have this realization and realize that I have been just enjoying being tempted. Mm. I knew that I was not going to do something, do the sin. Right. But I was just kind of enjoying being tempted. Right. You know, like, and I I knew that I wasn't going to do it. Right. But do the temptation, just, oh, just the temptation was like, that's harmless, right? Right. I'm just going to like... Just yeah. enjoy the temptation for a while. I mean, like, I don't know if this happened to you, but... Oh, yeah. Like Absolutely. That, I, In fact, that's I, something we'll talk I've about. I've had that moment, and I've had to, like, you know, like, I don't know how you, like, 
flog your mind, but just like, no. Right. And then confess it. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know what? Flog, you know how you can flog your mind? You confess brutal honesty. You know, like in a brutally honest way. Just like, this is exactly how terrible I am. This is what I did. In just like blunt, blunt, this is what I did. How many times? No sugarcoating. I did this. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's how you do it. Right. Yeah. The, so the school of love, you know, for temptation is, is the reason why it's called that is because you, you have to completely deny you know, the trust in your, for yourself and just run into the open arms of, of Christ and his mercy, mm-hmm. you know, and just rest in that. And that's obviously the close, you're, you're ultimately close to Christ yeah. in that moment. Yeah, so conquering temptation involves a death, sort of like fasting that we talked about recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to say no to, you have to kill yourself. You know, in some way, I have a desire. No, I'm choosing to, I'm like, I'm going to put that desire of mine to death. Right. So that I have cap- the capacity for love, right? Right. right. Um, like, this is like the great paradox of faith that death brings life, right? right. And, uh, so the, I think that's part of it, right? Yeah. The, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a, there's like some like crucifixion here so that I can learn to love because, you know, l- there is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend, right? Mm-hmm. And we're, we're all the body of Christ so right. that there is, there is no isolated sin. There is no isolated virtue, right? We talk about how sin, oh, impacts everybody. When you sin, oh, that's like hurting everybody. One thing we kind of forget to mention is that when you have an act of virtue, that builds everybody up, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it goes both ways. Absolutely. And, and the good thing is, is holiness is so attractive. Mm. I right? am so attracted to my own holiness anyway. Like, I'll just tell you. There's the pride. Okay, so... I, I, I'm serious. Uh, the, so I before, before this break, we're almost at the break, but the frequency of temptation, right? So there's these temptations that just continually come up and like, why is this the case? Mm-hmm. He talks about how the frequency as well as the violence of temptations uh, vary greatly depending on the person, depending on... So he says three things. The reason why is, is the temperament of the, of the person. You know, whether you're a passionate person, but you're weak, uh, your will is weak. Uh, the education of a person, you know, if you if you're brought up in a Catholic world, like you know the fear of the Lord, you know, like all these things, you've been given this grace. If you've been in a worldly life, living a worldly life, those uh, temptations become greater because you've already been attracted to these worldly possessions. The last one is God's uh, providential design, and we'll pick that up on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. The hosts of The Catholic Man Show have produced a practical, helpful, and spiritual uplifting book that helps parents make the connection between church and the domestic church. Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place reminds every Catholic family of their daily duties, responsibilities, and privileges to help each other become saints. That endorsement is from Father Leo Padalingha. Go check out our new book from Ascension Press. You can go to ascensionpress.com or just Google Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Pick one up for you, for your family, for your friends. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to leave a review so that way others can be made aware of the book as well. We want to thank Father Leo Padalinghug for his endorsement of our book, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about temptation. We're talking about the frequency of temptation. 
Adam was like really cramming it in there at the end. So sorry. Well, I I know you got it. We, we, we got more stuff. Yeah, I have I'm a lot to, of things. Try to get it in there, right? I, uh, go, yeah. Just go over it again because sure, sure, sure. I think this so, part. I think this is important. Yeah, it is. Um, so the frequency uh, of temptation varies greatly, and the the violence of the temptation, how intense the temptation right. is, varies greatly between person. And I've person. experienced it. I think everybody's experienced this in their own life. There's certain things that you're tempted to. More often, certain other things are more seldom, but maybe either seldom things with more freak, more like violence, as you say. Maybe it's not more, you know, it's yeah, just it different. Why is the, that? The disposition you know? of, of, of who you are uh-huh. at that pump, at that moment. So he, he says three things. This is, this is the, these are the reasons why. One, the first one is uh, the, the temperament and character of the person. So I think that also depends on your current state in life, you know, what you, you know, where you are, if you're married, if you're single. You know, obviously, different sins are more prominent in different stages of life. Uh, but uh, he gives the example of like the, v- the very passionate person, but who is very weak at will. So he like talks about all these things, but he's very weak at actually doing them, right? So mm-hmm. as soon as he is tempted by them, he just, he folds like a lawn chair. Uh-huh. I think he uses that exact analogy. Uh, lawn chairs, they've been around for, for a long forever. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also he talks about the education of the person. So how, how they grew up, what their atmosphere was like growing up. He says <laughs> someone who grew up in a Catholic upbringing uh, is different than someone who's brought in, uh, brought up in this love of pleasure, uh, the dread of any kind of suffering, mm-hmm. um, you know, not like having seen too many examples of worldliness or sensualities, like, um, you know, when you're exposed to all these things and you've never had to suffer. How, how much has their innocence been guarded, that kind of thing? Is that part of it, you think? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, so how much of their innocence? But, you know, if you've never suffered before growing up, if you never had to give up anything, if you never had to mm. uh, endure... Yeah. Then, like, what's going to happen when you're, right. you know, in adult life, and you have to now deny yourself? Right. You've you've married somebody that you've you made a vow to 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 deny yourself completely for the sake it's of the other. Seem, it seemed like an emergency or something. Right. Yeah. It's going to seem very very off. That's interesting. I like the fact that the person's level of education. And I, I understand it's more than just book learning. Is what he's talking about, right? It, it's yeah, just, it's not actually. It's like an experiential knowledge. I think he's more knowledge. Ta- poetic knowledge. Yeah, as they say in philosophy. Yeah. Um, but that part I think is is interesting, um, just because the temperament. Okay, I, I get that temperament is gonna like well, lend at, yourself towards certain things other but than the others. The atmosphere you grow up in definitely is going to lend right, yourself. It does. That. I mean, that makes sense. I just wouldn't have necessarily labeled it that way. I and guess of friendship as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. It's more about what kind of experience. How does your experience lend? Or like, how does that? What kind of experiences have shaped you? Maybe right. Yeah, which is uh, you know education, right? And this is the a type of education. This is the importance of a father, right? Is to establish your child, like to right. protect, to provide, to establish. That's what I was thinking when you were reading it. What kind of uh, examples were set for you, you know, by your father, by other important figures in your life? Right, it's gonna, it's gonna play. Uh, that's that's because that's your education. This oh, you see that? That's how I'm supposed to be. Right. You know, they're teaching you right. how to be a person. Absolutely. Uh, the the last one is is uh, just God's providential design. There are some people that the Lord just mm-hmm. uh, has deigned that they are going to be a suffering soul, or right. that they're going to uh, they're they're just destined to be be holy, you know. And right. he like uh, I think he even says that he uh, oh man I forget how he exactly puts it, but he basically says like he he takes care of them in this jealous. Uh, like protection, you know, of like making mm-hmm. sure that there's nothing, like he just gives them a, a whole lot of grace. 
I mean, St. Paul um, had the, a thorn in his flesh. Right. And it was, it was God's will for him to bear that suffering, right? At mm-hmm. some point, temptation is not, oh, because of a weakness. At some point in your spiritual growth, you have a temptation because you have now uh, developed the strength to bear it for the sake of souls, for the you know uh, like sake of your own as a, as a yeah. form of prayer. It's like a it's like a form of fasting, right? Where right. it's a mortification. Yeah, yeah. And do not presume that your that your temptations are that right. Yeah, you that's, you, that's you, the point. you always remember that your temptations are because of a weakness. Because even in Saint Paul's case, he could not bear those temptations without the grace of God. Right. right. No matter how strong you get in this life spiritually. You will never have any power of your own. Right. All of the power you have is from God, and like that's and His just, grace is sufficient. And His for you. grace, right? And the in fact, the the weaker you become, this is what Saint Paul talks about. You can he boasts of his weakness mm-hmm. because he realizes he has nothing of himself. Every strength he has is simply a gift of God, and the the more he empties himself, the more he has room for those gifts. Right. Of God, and so therefore the stronger he becomes, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Yes. Uh, but temptation itself is not a sin. Very important. Which to is bring very, up. like, uh, something very important to bring up because, uh, yeah, so we talk about, you know, the world of, how do I want to, yeah, so the world of flesh and the devil uh, are the three, temp, you know, tempters of, uh, mm-hmm. of sin. But this is the, the importance of the custody of the eyes, custody of the mind. Uh, ba- making sure to stay completely away from sins. the imagi- custody of the imagination. Yeah, completely staying, uh, you know, away from breaking the sixth and ninth commandment. Mm-hmm. Um, because once you use, once you do, once you uh, have those things come into your life, the the devil can't ever create anything, but he can he can manipulate and use the things that uh, you've already seen, uh, touched, felt, uh, you know, whatever to right. your uh, memory, your memory to uh, to use mm-hmm. in the battlegrounds. But so just to make sure that we understand that the temptation itself is not a sin. No. St. Augustine lays this out, and that there's three different phases of temptation, uh, which none of them are sins. Um, the, the first one is suggestion. Like So obviously this is when it, there's a proposal of some type of evil. Uh-huh. Like when you start thinking, like all of a sudden, like some weird thought popped in your head, like where did that, like we used to talk about, right. where did that come from? You've I, I've read, I can't remember who it was, but there's some, a, a priest wrote about how uh, at the moment of consecration in the mass, horrible, terrible things. Saint like, John of the Cross talks about this. Is that who it was? Okay, yeah. well, I'm sure a lot of. I'm sure it's something common in priests. I actually believe it's probably very common among priests. But yeah, Saint John of the Cross talks about how during the moment of the consecration, the most perverse images like uh, would occur yeah, to him. Right. You know, he's not like trying to bring them up. They would just be like just occur, you know, in his mind, and he right. would have to reject them. And he's trying to like sit there and worship God and, f- and just def- like fend off these terrible thoughts. Weird thought. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what like, our imagination, our minds brings up these, these attractions to these sins that, you know, this idea of, of the sin, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, and it can become almost like this point of a obsession, you know, where it's just continually coming back, mm-hmm. continually coming back. And no matter, uh, no matter uh, how many times it comes back, as long as you reject it, it's not constitute as a sin. This mm-hmm. is just something that this is the uh, you know one of the the parts of the fall of man, right? Um, uh, and provided we we do not provoke it ourselves, like we don't entertain the thought of sin, we don't like mm-hmm. think about it, like we initiate the thought. You know, it, it just pops into our head. 
Right. Uh, and we don't consent to it. Uh, the old, the thing is, is as, as long, long as, as you that don't happens, entertain those thoughts. Right. So, you know, what does you that mean? It's it. like, oh, a thought occurs to you. Now, do you like, oh, take it and kind of like, oh, yeah, let me think about that. You know, like, oh, yeah. You know, like, pursue that thought further. If it occurs to you and at some point you're going to realize, oh, you know, there's like sort of an unconscious daydreaming aspect to it in the beginning mm. where that might go on for a while. And then there's going to be a moment of realization when you realize, oh, hang on, what am I thinking about? That is the moment it must be rejected. Right. And that's actually the second if you, part. If as you well. carry it on beyond that, now it's like you're starting to have culpability for it. Right. You know? And this is actually the second part is the pleasure. So he talks about the suggestion, like the thought enters your head, the pleasure aspect of the thought. Uh, you know, it, fo- it follows the suggestion. It's like your lower tendencies or your lower appetites are drawn towards this suggestion because uh, maybe your will is not strong enough to immediately just say, like, nope, that's not something you, you know, mm-hmm. there's uh, sin has effects. Yeah. Right. And so if you. It makes you stupid. It makes you stupid. And so uh, the question is, is will you yield to that thought or not? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, if you give in, then, th- then that does become a sin. If you don't. It's the same way Aquinas talks about this even in prayer, right? If you uh, intentionally distract yourself in prayer, he says it's a mortal sin. Mortal sin? Mortal sin. Wow. We've talked about this on the show before. I, you're right. I remember that. I just kind of, I forgot. If you intend, I forgot because, that I, re- I remembered that. Yeah, because <laughs> cause if you think about it, you are worshiping your creator. You're setting aside t- time to worship and adore our Lord. And during that time, if you choose to, out of you know, out of injustice, to think about something less, uh, I think that there are going to be caveats to that. Though I don't think you can generally say that because let's say you've already been praying for an hour, so you have satisfied you know what the church would consider justice. Like you know you have an obligation to pray a certain like every day. Mm-hmm. You've satisfied that obligation. Mm-hmm. You're no longer required to pray. You know, mm-hmm. so I right. think I think at a certain point... But that doesn't mean you, you can still intentionally distract yourself. Well, I think you can. You can intentionally decide to stop praying. Well, that's different than in prayer. But if you're praying and you're like, oh, I'm going to think about something else now, you're just... It's kind of the same thing as I'm not going to pray anymore. So I think it's one thing to say that like... If you're in prayer and you're like... If you're intentionally like doing it in order to sub like not satisfy that mm-hmm. the justice that like you owe to God in prayer, I think that's one thing. But I think if it's like, oh, I'm just like taking an extra voluntary like holy hour, and then during that holy hour you decide, you know what, I'm gonna think about something else. You know, I'm not sure this is just David Niles. I wouldn't say that that is a mortal sin. Is it a venial sin? You know, who knows? But anyway. Yeah. Uh, We're going to keep talking about this. Yeah, and so the last one he talked about is consent, and that's whether or not you actually consent to this thought or you or you reject it. Because if you don't have consent, it's not a sin. Right. And so Without that, consent, nothing is a sin. Right, so that's when the sin is committed, when you have full consent and you say, I choose, you realize it and say, yes, I'm going to do this anyway. So those are the three things that Augustine lays out. When we uh, we're out of time on the radio, but go check out our podcast, CatholicManShow.com. You can check out over 300 episodes that we've done over the last. We six have years. a little bit more we want to talk about. I want to this. talk about resisting serious temptation. Mm. So uh, we're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. <clears throat> okay, yeah. So we we just got done. If you are listening on the radio, or you were listening on the radio, and you you, you jumped onto the podcast, we just talked about the three 
uh, phases of temptation, which are the suggestion when it pops into your mind, the pleasure, the idea, like the th- like the instant thought of like why that is a good thought, so to speak, and then like whether or not you consent to it, which is the third thing, right? The consent was when you transition from temptation into sin. Into sin, right? That's the that's the hinge mm-hmm. of whether or not you. It's it's just your. Uh, your state in life that you, you know where you the, the the battle that you're fighting, or if it is, uh, you you now commit a sin. I'll tell you. In my own journey, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever said in confession? Mm. I don't know, man. I'd have to really think about that. Top five. You know what? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I honestly don't remember like a lot of the things I've said in confession. I just kind of don't remember a lot of the things I've confessed. I don't know. I like, I just don't. All mortal sin. All my mortal sins are embarrassing. But anyway, I do. All venial sins. I I can remember in my like journey of like faith, growing in my spiritual life, having moments um, where I was suffering with a temptation and knew I was like trying to resist it. Um, and like these were uh, like mostly temptations that had to do with like my like man, man, like my manhood. You know, I'm trying to keep it PG rated just in case. But, you know, like I'd be at work or something. Sins of the flesh. Yeah, of the flesh. And trying to resist is just like this almost oppression. You know, like, like it's just like I'm just trying to get some work done. And all of a sudden, I just cannot stop thinking about this one particular thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying, like, begging, like, the Lord, please help me. But in the back of my mind, I knew. When I get home, I I am toast. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I just, I'm not going, I'm going to lose. I've just had moments. uh, That's happened to me many, it happened to me many times in my own spiritual life where, like, I'm struggling with this temptation. I had the will. Well, not, I mean, I didn't have the will. I had the desire mm-hmm. to have the will. Right. But I, my will was not strong enough. And I just knew it in the moment. Like, it was, and I remember it just being soul crushing. You know, just. Demoralizing. Just demoralizing, right? Knowing that I am utterly powerless against this. I am, I am a slave. Mm-hmm. And like a dog. When I get home, I will just, I am just totally, uh, you know, I, I'm just have, I'm enslaved to my, this appetite of mine. And mm-hmm. like, I'm just a dog on a leash mm-hmm. when I get home. I'm just, my humanity just is gone, you know, right. like when in those moments. And I just really remember. So it's one of those things to think about and to like give thanks for. Um, just, you know, that Christ and his victory that he makes it readily available to the worst people, even like me. Um, and it's like, there's a lot of people out there who probably feel that. Mm-hmm. And I just want to tell you that there's a victory for you. You know, you have to pursue, you have to pray, you have to go to confession over and over and over and over again. Um, but that it, it's not something that is effortless, right? The, the, there really is, a victory waiting for you. Yeah, and don't lose. I mean, d- don't give the devil uh, two wins, right? Even if you 
succumb to to some kind of sin, don't lose hope. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's just, I mean, despair is just another sin. You're just compounding sins at that point. Our right. Lord uh, has given us uh, the sacrament of confession, so that way we can uh, come back to Him, mm-hmm. and He's waiting for us with open arms to uh, give us His divine mercy. Oh, we you know we you must. Every sinner is one confession away from being a saint. Right. Right. And, and when you do fall, which is inevitable, go to confession immediately. Yes. Don't do what I used to do and say like, oh, I'll go to, you know, it's like Tuesday. I'll go to confession this Sunday before Mass. So, I mean, like, I guess since I've, I've already, already sinned, I've already, I've already sinned, yeah. might as well sin some more until then, you know, like. Right. Don't do that. I, I, Man, I used to do that. I mean, like, yeah. I, I used to be a, a regular I, I, I was yeah. a re- I was a regular at that bar. You know right. what I mean? No, yeah, I, I absolutely. Me, me too. Yeah, um, you know, and in some in some senses, I'm probably still am. You know, uh, whether I, I'm I, still a sinner. I mean, yeah, I mean, but um, there all there are just things that I'm always attached to in some way, shape, or form that I'm always, you know, giving in just a little bit, giving ground just a little bit. Chocolate chip cookies. Um. Also, I think that it's important to to know what where is that temptation coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the importance of examination of conscience every day, if possible. Right? Is it's understanding where is this temptation coming from? Why did I feel it at this time of day? What, like, was I hungry? Was I tired? Was I lonely? Was I angry? Was I, you know, what? Where was I in the state of in, in my yeah. state in life? And uh, what caused me to sin? You know, was it the computer? Okay, can I get rid of the computer? You know, is it feasible for me to say, like, maybe I have to sacrifice a little bit? Like, maybe I have to go to the public library to use a computer for work or for whatever? But can I get rid of my computer? Is it my, is it my smartphone? Okay, it's like, well, can, can I get a dumb phone? Is it possible? Like, I would much rather have a dumb phone and enter the kingdom of heaven than have the latest iPhone and go to hell. Right. There have been a lot of things in my life that I felt like, oh, I couldn't get rid of until I got rid of them. And then I realized... Actually, that was really easy to get rid of, and I don't even miss it. You know, like yep. a week in. Oh, and what a grace that is! I was like adjusted so quickly. What a grace that is! There was one time in my in my life where I was struggling with something that I wasn't sure if it was a sin or it wasn't a sin, uh, but I was probably trying to rationalize it, thinking that it wasn't a sin, um, and I just wasn't like one hundred percent convinced that it was. Yeah, but I remember I had this like moment of prayer I was by myself and I said like Lord you know that I like to do this like you know I enjoy this mm-hmm. and you also know I don't know for sure if this is a sin or not a sin but from this day on I'm not going to do this and if it is not a sin then use it to a greater good mm-hmm. and if it is a sin praise God that I'm giving this up Right, and in those circumstances, it's like, okay, I'm going to give this up, and if it's not a sin, it's still like, if it's not a sin, then it's a good. And I'm giving it up. For a greater good. For a greater good, that's right. Now it's a form of fasting. If it's not a form of fasting, then it's a form of giving up sin. It's one or the other. Right. And both of those are great things. And right. So I'm going to do one, I'm going to do those. Right. One of it, whatever it is. Maybe it's both. Mm-hmm. It can't be both, actually. It's one or the other. Yes. It can't be, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Right. Uh, 
So, okay, so the, the resisting temptation, serious temptation, this is what he talks about. This, this is how he says uh, a good way of resisting serious temptation that's constantly coming back is haunting you. Good old Adolf. Good old. <laughs> yes. So he says four, he says, uh, four things. You should resist uh, serious temptation promptly, energetically, perseveringly, and humbly. So he says uh, promptly, like, do not, you know, parlay this idea with the enemy. You know, this is like what we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, don't like, uh, uh, even, uh, maybe, like, uh, think about it. Like, without his hesitation, as soon as you, uh, it comes into your mind, as soon as the suggestion right. comes into your mind, you completely uh, reject it. You know, like the people who go to open houses knowing, like, I'm not going to buy this house. I just want to go look. You know, like, if that's the open house of sin, don't go look. This is just your state in life right now being maybe. I just hosted an open house yeah. last weekend. <laughs> Had some of these people in my house. <laughs> right? So... <laughs> this is example. This example is just like a very... Let's like, just say just you're, you're hosting an open house. And, and there people, are people who come in with... With it's obvious who would have no intention of buying it. You and know? they're eating your cookies. <laughs> they are eating your cookies and your Rice Krispie treats and your Coca Cola. <laughs> Walking around your house, criticizing it in their mind, and you can see it in their eyes. Uh, but it is still a good analogy. You know, if you're not in the market for a if you're not in the market for a house, but you're going to open houses, like there's a temptation. You, you know, like what are you just like trying to tempt yourself? Like if you know it's imprudent for you to be buying a house, it's not a perfect example because I get it that there are like other reasons. Like maybe you just enjoy like the beauty of other houses and you're like, you're not there to buy a house. I get it. But you get the analogy that there's an analogy here. Like if you're not in the market for a house, don't go look, don't like be looking at houses for sale. Right. Because all you're doing is tempting yourself to buy a house, which you know you shouldn't do. Right, so promptly reject it. Promptly. Um, From the beginning, don't even sin, do it. Sin distracts you from the you know from from God. Right, you're supposed to be praying without ceasing. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be continually thinking, you know, in in some capacity about um, our end goal, which is heaven. And sin does nothing but distract us from this. And so, as soon as we see it. We should reject it and then promptly, uh, you know, go into prayer or think about something holy or think about, you know, the face of Jesus or, you know, what we're made for, heaven. One thing that I have found helps really well, confession. So I don't mean the sacrament of confession. I mean a verbal confession. If it's like ha- have an accountability. If you, if you have like there's a some, something you struggle with, you have an accountability oh. accountability partner. You call them on the phone and you say, "Hey, Adam, I want you to be. I want you to know, I am being. I'm like really experiencing temptation right now for this sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, the fact that you have verbalized just verbalizing that out loud to another person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has a disarming effect. Right. on it you know like we actually talked about this in, in the last episode right is to to have a group of guys that you can text and then they will but texting is one thing verbally saying it there's like uh, something Another, yeah. cathartic about it i think but i i don't know what it is but just if you like especially can look at if you're maybe it's your wife maybe you know like i don't know it's somebody 
And if you can look somebody in the eyes and say, hey, man, I'm really experiencing this temptation right now. Mm-hmm. I think that that temptation will almost vanish in that moment when you confess it to somebody else especially if it's face-to-face. If it's face-to-face, someone who's you're with. I've done that to you with you before. Saying, I'm experiencing this right now. You know what happens? Mm-hmm. It goes away. Or there's at least some uh, consolation, uh, you know, of knowing that somebody's there for you, praying, right. for, praying exactly. with you. And like- but all of a sudden, you will find strength. I mean, there's strength in that exact moment that yeah. you say it out loud well, to yeah. another person. Yeah. And so, okay, so the second one is... That's accountability. Big part of overcoming it. Yep. So promptly, energetically, you know, as soon as... Like, this is, like, without hesitation, right? You know, so you promptly reject it, and, like, you know, like, what what our end goal is, right? End goal is heaven. And we know, like, okay, this is... uh, Like, we we talked about earlier that temptation was, you know, this school of humility. So you energetically say, this is... I think this is a uh, advanced state in life i think that you would have to be in in, in a spiritual life to energetically like realize that this, this is the temptation that you get to offer it back up to our lord right like yes i, I i'm like being tempted by this uh you mm-hmm. know I'm, I, and i'm retreating back to our lord for it i think also to have the this like that level of energy you have to at least have come to the point in your life where you know the terribleness of sin Mm-hmm. you know how awful it is, and therefore you run. You don't just like, oh, it's, let, let's say you're being tempted to stay in bed. So you could kind of like uh, moan, like, no, I'm going to overcome this temptation, and you kind of like pull the covers back, and uh, you know, like get yourself up, and then mm-hmm. get out of bed. Okay, you know, like you're doing. That's one way to overcome this temptation. The other one is to throw the cover and run, like jump, because you know, staying in bed is, you know, it, if good. if that's the sin, right? You know, the ugliness, the just the depravity, that like mm-hmm. because you have love for Christ and you have seen how just even the the a venial sin, the cost. Mm-hmm. That you know the burden that it put on Christ on the cross, right? So I think if you know how bad sin is, mm-hmm. if you've at least gotten there, and not that any of us really do on this no, side we, of the no, veil, we no. don't. But um, the more you like, I mean, Padre, ponder Padre Pio and like all, all the mystics of no, they know, even they, they didn't, they didn't even know. right. No, I get no, hundred percent. But we can come to a certain knowledge of it. And that knowledge, I think, helps us have that energetic mm-hmm. response to temptation. Yep. Yep. No doubt. And, and perseveringly is the, that's the third one. Mm-hmm. So promptly, energetically, perseveringly, knowing that the, the temptations continue, and uh, equally with the tenacity that you 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 hold fast. Like if we're thinking about this being a spiritual warfare, right? And you're on a shield wall, and they're just continually coming you know, coming at you, coming at you, like, you know that you're gaining ground every time, right? They, they come, you enter, you, you promptly, energetically, like, diffuse that. Yeah. And you move, you gain ground. And then it comes again, and you, you diffuse that, and you gain ground. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is all through, obviously, the grace of God. This isn't something that you're doing by yourself, obviously. But um, as you continually persevere, this is only uh, 
helping you realize the need and like we said, the powerlessness of yourself and the need for grace of God. Mm-hmm. You can do nothing without him. Right. Um, and God allows these uh, these temptations to happen, and sometimes like frequently, so that you continually run back to him. A reminder. A reminder. Mm-hmm. So You know what? That's exactly why your analogy about like gaining ground, that's exactly what I think about and why often I confess venial sins in confession? Mm-hmm. Simply because, you know, I, I will f- sometimes feel like, oh, I made spiritual progress. And then I feel myself, oh, g- caving in. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? A week ago, I would not have made this choice. Mm-hmm. A week ago, I was, I, was, I was strong enough to say no to this. Mm-hmm. And th- it's just a lack of perseverance, right? That... I had the I was energetic, right? I was prompt. Mm-hmm. I was energetic and that my that energy I like didn't have diffused. that it didn't wasn't uh, I wasn't I didn't persevere in it, right? right. And it's hard. Right. It, I mean, it is uh to like maintain that level of energy. Um because like love takes effort. Mm-hmm. Like in order to keep loving Christ and like offering yourself up, letting yourself die in those tiny ways. It's, mm-hmm. We're talking like tiny, tiny sacrifices. But I'll feel myself losing Give ground. In. Yeah, right. I'm giving in, right? And there's like a consummation, small consummation. Like, oh, I'm like making love with the this loss a little bit. Um, it's kind of a dramatic analogy, but I, I think it really is. A, that kind of is what you're doing. Um, and so I go to confession and confess that small sin in its brutality just to take it back. Right. That, you know, as, as a way of saying no, yes, I may have like... You said no and then yes. No. Yes. <laughs> That's what you do in confession. You say no, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and the last one is it, 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 it's just, it's just humbly. Mm-hmm. Right, so uh, humility attracts grace. This is the you know this is uh, where grace is uh, abundant is is in humility when you know that you are you are small and he is great, and the grace gives us victory. Right, this helps us persevere. This helps us energetically say no. This helps us promptly say no and reject these things. The the humility, the humility of heart, is what makes saints. Hmm. So, and, and sanctifying grace, that also does it. Well, the humility of heart is the playground for uh, grace. Right. But as long as you're in it, it attracts the, state the grace. Of, you know, like you'll be a saint. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that you know that that's all I really. I mean, there was a lot. There's other things that's that we great. could we, we could have talked about. But I that I actually you want know you what? to. We talk about virtue a lot, but we don't talk about temptation. You know, it's like nobody really wants to talk about it. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's good, and I think it's better to focus on the positive. But we have to, this is something that we have to talk about more. I think just in general, I don't just mean on our show, mm-hmm. but you know, we have to talk about this in our men's groups, in our small, you know, like conversations in our friendships, yeah. among friendships, right? Um, and just like what it is, what temptation is, where have I experienced it, where have I overcome it, mm-hmm. right? Because this is this is the this is where progress is won and lost, right here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in the midst of temptation, right?
So go check out uh, The Spiritual Life, a treatise on ascetical and mystical theology by uh, Adolf Tanqueray. It is, uh, you can get that at catholicsacramentals.org using the promo code Diogracias as a uh, 15%, 15% off. off discount. Um, and you're supporting another great Catholic family. So uh, that's all I got. Anything also, else? once again, to support our show, yes, go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. We have a lot of things that we will give you as a thank you gift. Ultimately, I hope that you're going to our Patreon just to support our show. The thank you gifts are great, but um, really we just want people who like our podcast, who want to help us continue to do it, and to help us grow it. So anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all our podcasts. If you're it, or our patrons, patrons, if you're a patron of ours, really, I just want to say thank you because it really does make a difference to our show. It makes a difference to me and Adam. So no doubt we're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers. Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen.